Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. And happy Sabbath, yes. Okay. Well, you noticed in the bulletin it said the title of this was Reflections. Now, some people may think that's looking in the mirror, but that's not what the it's going to be about. Okay. Let's look back at our church in 2012. And what have we accomplished and what have we done? A lot of times, you know, we hear part of it. And a lot of times we take in part of it. Sometimes we are the reason for it. But have we looked at what our church has done in the last year? First of all, we know we had to start a forum. Like the Romans, we like to be just like them. We had to have a forum where you could come and voice your opinions. And here we uh, discussed improvements to the church service and, and song for prayer, prayer selection so that it changes and it doesn't stay the same all the time. But we made great strides there, and things that bothered people we talked about. And we tried to get everybody on the same page. And the one thing that we <clears throat> centered on was having everybody involved. Everybody knows what's going on in the church, not just a few like the board meets and nobody knows what they did. We need that everybody knows what's going on. And in church board meetings, uh, there was more input from the members. I was overwhelmed at one of the first ones where we had about 20-some people show up. Normally, if you get five or six, you're lucky. This year, people took more interest in church board meetings things that were pertinent to them. We centered more on outreach <coughs> and evangelism, excuse me. And this is, of course, in all our meetings, we should center around evangelism and outreach. We have a big community out there, <coughs> and we have a lot of people to re reach. And like my wife was saying, that she's amazed that when people come in as patients, they don't list anything as a preferred religion. It's left empty. That's unreal. But they say in our valley here, about 70, 80% of the people do not go to church. We got a vast amount of people to reach out there. And, we, you know, it's part of our job being here is to reach those people. Church business meetings concerned the church to make sure all are and were heard and involved in decision making. I think that is pertinent to any business. Right, Mike? You have to know what's going on at different levels. Because you can be an island in yourself and soon lose your island. <laughs> and this way, with everybody being able to bring their wants or their needs or whatever, we make good strides in board meetings, and hopefully next year we can do the same thing. Um, <clears throat> elders meeting, evangelism here was discussed, and that's one of the main thrusts 
of elders' meetings is discuss evangelism and what we can do with it. And then we made a change of members, um, or a number of meetings, rather, to accommodate the elders. <coughs> yeah, thank you. And it's nice to have daughters. And, uh, and this, I think, better situated us. We had um, a lot of meetings, and not too many people were showing up. We thought if we spaced them out a little more, and a lot of times it can be seasonal. It's hard to get to some place in the wintertime sometimes. But they are very important elders' meetings. Elders are the ones that actually are the ones that run the church, the backbone of the church. And we need to meet and go over the things that we want to do in the church. And then the elections of members to fill church leadership positions to two-year terms from the one year. And this was voted on by the board and also the business meeting. And I think this freed us up, made nomination committees feel a lot more secure for one more year that we weren't having to do, go through this every year. And a lot of the churches are going to this, the two-year rather than the one-year. And then there was several trips by members to different countries to build and, and bring God's love to these people. And Betty, you went to a lot of them, didn't you? And where all did you go this last year, Betty? Oh, okay. See, I see two Bettys here, and <laughs> both of them went to the same place, no problem. <laughs> okay, so did you enjoy it? Yes. And I think you're still doing it, aren't you, Betty? Yes. Yeah. And until you go on a mission trip, I don't think you really realize what a mission trip is all about. The joy you bring to people that we take for granted here. Small gifts. And then, of course, building a school or a church. All my kids have been involved in building, I think, except Jennifer, you haven't been on a mission trip. I think all, did you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you and Richard. How could I forget? Yeah. But anyway, you know, our, our children, when we take them along with us, they get a different concept of what the rest of the world does. And it's a real learning experience. And anybody that has a chance and can go, I recommend it wholly. I wish I was physically able to do this because I would love to go to the next one. But unfortunately, as Paul says, it costs a lot to transport you by casket back to the United States. <laughs> so... I took him at his word. I'll sit home and pray. <laughs> and we had a lot of visiting to shut-ins and, and groups going to nursing homes to sing and make contact to assure these people in the nursing homes, they may only be a few or they may be a lot, but that we care. You know, I remember the last one we went out to, we sang a lot of Christmas songs, and this one lady sat there in her wheelchair and didn't participate in singing anything. So I said to Tony, I said, uh, let's have one last, one last song. Everybody knows Jingle Bells. 
and we sang Jingle Bells, and she came alive and started singing Jingle Bells. And I thought, yes, we got her to participate. (laughs) And I talked to her afterward, and she was so happy that we had come. And you know, when you have people participate, it's a lot different than when they just sit there and listen because they feel part of it, and I'm sure they'll be looking forward to, to us coming back again. We had a lot of new members and some transfers of present members to other church churches this uh, last year. We had seven baptisms while Pastor Stouffer was here, and that was quite an accomplishment in itself. One little girl finally did go under the water, took a few hours, but she did make it. And the rest were eagerly to go under the water and be baptized. And it was, I think, a great high day for all of us to see that happen. And, of course, we had the new pastor, uh, Pastor Garvey. He had transferred down to the Richland Center area. He has three churches. He lives in the Hillsborough area where I was raised and grew up on a farm. His daughter goes to Hillsborough High School just like I did. Only thing is she has a new school. We had an old building. It was about ready to fall apart, so they had to build a new one. And so that was where they, or that's where they are now. And uh, I, I hear that he's enjoying his his uh, ministry there. Uh, and of course, his wife, uh, Bob's wife, was with us here, and what a wonderful woman she is, huh? And his main uh, love was a visiting outreach to be, bring others re- to return to worshiping. And we gave him the list. You know, we were going to sort of down, uh, what we say, uh, downgrade the list because there was a lot of people that had died and weren't taken off the list. People moved and weren't taken off the list. And some, we didn't know where they were at, but he went out and looked for them. And he, of course, went to some places where they had previously lived and met new people altogether and was surprised because people said, no, 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 that's not our name, you know. But he never gave up, and I I liked his type of ministry. And that was the one thing I asked him when he came, what do you like to do and what do you want to do? The rest of the business we can take care of, basically. But what, what can we do to support you in what you do? And I think any time the church gets behind their pastor and realizes that, you miss them when they're gone. And I think we all did and do. And then we have a cooking program that Tina Risti uh, brought forth to us to bring foods of the Bible to our attention. And uh, it gives you an idea of what they ate back then. And basically, most of it's very good. We have Bible studies. We have several that are doing Bible studies. How many in in our congregation this morning are still doing Bible studies? Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Wow, a lot of new members are doing Bible studies. And we, we encourage this so much because, you know, we need to get the word out, don't we? And the people are waiting to hear it. That's the whole thing. They're waiting to hear it. And if you pray in the morning that he, God gives you someone to witness to, be ready. 
Because at the end of the day, he will give you somebody to witness to. And I've been amazed how it comes about. Even the, the guy I work with in the kitchen, the cook, uh, he, he refers to himself as a chef. Uh, he, he's interested in what we're doing and how I write a sermon and how I get the idea how to write a sermon or wh- what, what does your church do. You know, questions like that bring out interest. And he, he says we make a great team together. He does the cooking and I do the washing. I think he loves that. It's the only person I ever knew that could use seven pots to make one. <laughs> but needless to say, it has to be done. Then we had our book, our pamphlet distribution. Thousands of books have been prepared and distributed, and more are there yet to go out. And it brings the great controversy closer to people. And even though you may pass out a lot of them and only a few get read, someplace God wanted us to put that book so that somebody would read it and be enthused about it enough to find out who sent it and how they can make contact with us. And, you know, this last year a lot of new people came through the front door of the church on Sabbath. We'd never seen them before. And it's it's wonderful to see visitors come in that we've never seen before. For some reason, somehow, somewhere, someone said something to them or they read something they want to know more about us. And, of course, our pastor then decided to be transferred to Texas where it's warm. And right now we uh, have met with uh, uh, the president of our conference here, Mike Edge and Pastor Fox, for a new pastor, and we came up with six names that they would consider. And again, they said it would be within the conference. And I didn't see any earth-moving process going on during the holidays, because like you, I don't think you'd like to pack up your stuff and start moving on Christmas. (laughs) So it'll be a while yet. But uh, they are working on getting us somebody. <clears throat> and now we have service streaming over the Internet to shut-ins and others to join in our service. And this has been a great benefit to us. People can see us on the Internet. And, and our crew that we have up there of three has did a wonderful job this last year presenting us to others. And the one thing the always says, don't give us any dead time in between, because people want to see that we are, uh, you know, on the ball, to say the least. And now they're working on, again, as a monitor right up here for the people who are on the uh, rostrum each Sabbath, so it'll be scrolled for us. I was at the Lafarge Church, and I was looking at my bulletin and the other elders said I looked down and go oh that's neat all the songs and all the words were there and everything else and what was coming next and who was doing it it was all scrolled on there for us and it was so much easier and especially from the outside when you're going to other churches as quite a few of us do that's quite a help you don't have to look at your bulletin all the time it's right there in front of you 
So we hope to have that here because we do have a lot of outside speakers that come in. And there's quite a few lined up for this uh, quarter alone. And to see this like this was uh, beneficial and great help to me. And I hope it is uh, soon implemented here where others can use that same mode. Um, I'm sure there are other things that happened this last past year. Uh, that I haven't mentioned. I know that about three people worked the fairs this year and handed out a lot of literature at the fair, and that's good. People were interested, and they're asking for it, which is a lot different than you're trying to hand it to them. People are now coming to the fact something's happening. Something big is going to happen, and they're not sure what it is. Even on uh, serving uh, their pastors that they have on there speaking, are now preaching on end time things. That they say we're in the time of the end. Something is happening, and they have to move quickly. I thought it'd be nice if they found out which day to worship while they're doing that. You know, but they were. They now have come to the conclusion. Something is coming down the road, whether they're ready or not. It's coming. And we've been of that fact for many years, knowing. Not the hour, but it's coming. We need to be prepared for it. And if we turn to Matthew 28 in your Bible... And 19 and 20. And it's familiar to most of us. Nineteen, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What a promise, huh? What a promise. I am with you always to the end of the world. Your world may end today, but he'll be with you to that end. And I've seen so many people who believed in God when they went to sleep were happy. And I've seen people that fought for one more minute because they didn't know what was going to happen. And they feared death like you wouldn't believe. And so we need to go forward and teach. And we need to be baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And then it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. He's told us all these things. Our church has has known us for many years. Isn't this right? The truth. So we need to be teaching this. Now, as a reflection, I want to see how good your memory is. And uh, I better start with the first one here. 
January, February of uh, 2012, what was our uh, study lesson about? Oh, does this look familiar? Glimpses of God. You know, when I look back at it, it says the triune God in the beginning, God is Redeemer, the God of grace and judgment, the holiness of God, God the lawgiver, Lord of the Sabbath, creation, care of the Bible and history, the promise of prayer, God is artist, love stories, the promise of his return. And, you know, I say to myself, why do we go over and over these same subjects? Now, if I had to ask you to name one of them, you would have had a probably a hard time just like I would. But, you know, we need to refresh ourselves sometimes and go back to our old quarters and quarterlies and sort of skim through them and see what we learned back then. Now, uh, the next one was March, April, May, June. Does this look familiar? Evangelism and, and witnessing. Do we... Do we? And did we need to hear this? We sure did. And, you know, it says defining it, evangelism and witnessing, every member, ministry, spiritual gifts for evangelism and witnessing, evangelism and witnessing as a lifestyle. And I think of uh, Sean and Amanda. Boy, they took to it like a duck to water, didn't they? I understand they're doing excellent. And I think those two youngsters have have a way of doing that. Amanda and her, her outward and Sean and his waiting to see where he can participate. I always put it, he, he was sort of quiet. But yet, they decided to serve the Lord in this capacity. And that's a great decision. Uh, uh, personal evangelism and witnessing, corporate evangelism and witnessing, equipping for it. And released into ministry, a love response, let the church know, evaluating, witnessing, and evangelism in a perpetual ministry. And that took us right up to June and July, August, and September. What was it about? First and second. Thessalonians. It's quite a book, isn't it? Have you had you before ever studied First and Second Thessalonians? It was it was wonderful learning all these new truths. The gospel comes to uh, Thessalonica, preserving relationships, and in Paul's day, how the place was joyous and thankful. The apostolic example, friends forever, living holy lives, the dead in Christ, final events. That was very interesting. Church life. Promise to the persecuted, the Antichrist keeping the church faithful. Well, now that you got all that, what was this quarter's lesson about? Everybody's looking at the pew and saying, where's my quarterly? <laughs> right? Growing in Christ. And I hope all of you have gained a great blessing from this. There's so many things that you see in this study this quarter that we can glean these precious nuggets of gold, that one day that we can refer back to it. And like I said, if you ask to witness to somebody, be prepared. Doing your lesson study in the morning is one way of doing it. I found that if I don't read it right away in the morning, I I sort of lose the meaning of the day. There's got to be something in there that he wants me to know. So 
if each of us this year coming will really strive more and more to be unified as a church body, as a family, as an outreach to our community around us to bring the word to the people who haven't heard it, then we're doing God's work, and it's going to be fun. It's always fun when you're doing God's work, right? And the field out there is ripe. It's just needing a lot more laborers. So let's do that this year, okay? All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come here this morning and worship you in the quietness and serenity of your sanctuary. Be with each one of us as we leave with a new seal in our heart to go forward this coming year and even do more than we have done before to bring your message to our people around us that haven't heard it before. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that works in our lives that you've sent to us to be there for us. And you said you will be with us even unto the end. And we know that that promise is good. Father, bless us now as a church. Bless us as families and each and every one. For we ask it in your precious name. Amen.